0: Yeah. With that, you want to, with, with like a niche or your topic that you're going to be talking about, you want to make sure it's either something that you're just going to go so in depth towards, right. Uh, that you have a lot of content that's refreshing and different, or you want to kind of have that, like, there's a, like the broader approach as well, where you kind of do a lot of different things every time. Um, and I think it's good to like, actually, I think we're talking about branding at one point. It's good to like try and find, um, sort of what, at least you're main premise is of a thing so ours we had that difficulty with our show which we're like what are we calling ourselves like what is this topic because we were kind of like similar to you we we're like we just want to interview cool people and talk about cool stuff for like how do we make that? that that's not a good tagline interview cool people talks about cool stuff that's terrible Nobody's he's they, like they might listen probably not <laughs> and so we we ended up realizing okay well we want people to learn things from it so it's gonna be like an educational show and then we want it to be humorous and funny because we're humorous and funny and we we know we do like like making that kind of stuff more accessible i think humor makes so many things more accessible um so we're like oh there we go educational comedy so that's kind of the the pitch that i would tell everyone like 30 second pitch right um i think there's a word in, in film and movies uh for when you're making a movie like what is the one sentence like log log line i think it's a log line which podcasts you could use the same terminology um what's the log line so figuring that out with your show i think Super important to give yourself, like, a kind of a guide and like uh, a plan essentially, because then you can kind of like, okay, coming back to it, this is what we're trying to do every time, sort of. Um, and even if that is a broad log line, at least you're starting there until you maybe over time figure it out and narrow it down. Um, and, and yeah, so um, I think there's a lot of ways you can still take a broad sort of show with lots of different things and make it specific. Um, for example, there's a show called Time for Your Hobby super great. Um, Alex is awesome. And I follow him on my Twitter all the time and he does like great show notes and great, just like his, like everything his equipment. Oh man, he's awesome. And he's just a nice person, but he, his show's called time for your hobby. So he just interviews people about their hobbies and that's it. That's like super broad, but he's narrowed it into like a specific focus and with a good title. Right. Um, and so yours may be like something about like the global, like interviews around the world, something like that, going around like that kind of a, a topic or something. So kind of like finding a way, like what what, how can I pitch this in one clear sentence that will be covering pretty much everything so people know what they're getting into when they're listening to it. Because, like you have to think also, this is like a writing thing. This is a um, a marketing thing. This is so many backgrounds that I've had. You have to think not from your own brain, but from like every, other people's brain. You know, why is someone going to listen to you? And like, why do they want to read your content or listen to it? What are they huh. they going to get out of it? Um, because that's the perspective you need to take because, as much as we want it to always be about ourselves, it's not. <laughs> Everything has to have a benefit to the person consuming it, or else they're not going to want to consume it.
1: Oh, oh yes. Well, the, the two, one of the two, the two reasons for the podcast is I want to learn a lot as well. Like with comedy and with a lot of things I'm doing, I haven't made it where it's my full-time job. So yeah. I thought I'll kill two birds with one stone. I want to learn how to do that. And yeah. then I can, I can help other people who want to achieve the same thing by talking to people who have made what they love their full-time job. Hello and welcome to the Marvin's World podcast, a podcast where we speak to tantalising and scrumptious people who will make people like you and me make what we love a full-time job. If you like the podcast, please leave a review on iTunes and share it with your friends. If you don't like it, you don't have to share it or tell anyone, or you can share it with the person you hate the most. <laughs> In this today's episode, we are speaking to the amazing Victoria Fraser. You know, like House of Fraser, but like Victoria, and like she she is a lady of many different fields, and you, she is someone who I'm sure has a lot of stories to tell us th- today.
0: Hi, this is exciting. Thanks so much for that scrumptious intro. (laughs) Very good. Very clever. I like the word choice. Yeah, um, my name is Victoria. Uh, As you said, I do have, I'm a a lady of many talents. We'll go with that, right? Um, I've done a lot of different jobs in my life, um, but now in the last like four or five months, I've started freelancing. um, And so I'm slowly building up my own sort of business doing um, a whole lot of different things for my clients, um, but one of them being podcasting because that's what we're doing here today. Um, I started a podcast two years ago with a friend of mine, got really into it, um, and I've encouraged, encouraged lots of friends also to make their own podcasts. Um, and I was like, you know what? People are actually like, I have friend actually I started with a friend of a friend who wanted to start his podcast, um, and then they were like, oh my friend over here does podcast she could probably help you and he was like totally and he was just a local entrepreneur businessman person um and i helped him on his show and he actually like paid me to edit and do a bunch of just general kind of producer production work for him um and i was like oh someone's gonna pay me for this this is crazy this could be what really um and i actually got the freelancing mostly focused on writing at first but then realized i could also add that podcasting and audio editing and various other things that i do around that uh, to my skill set. And um, yeah, I have a couple of steady clients and I've been slowly building my business um, in the last only like couple of months that it's already getting, like people are reaching out to me sometimes, which is exciting. the biggest thing being a freelancer is trying to find clients. So it's nice when they start to come to you every once in a while (laughs) anyway. So yeah, I do a lot of copywriting like internet website content. And I also do a lot of podcast work, be it audio editing, writing show notes, transcribing you know, whatever someone needs.
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, it helps. I mean, what's it called? A podcast. I'm speaking to a guy who manages a podcast network and he says that some people, they're better at doing the copywriting, but I really tell what the editing. So like guys, if, if you want two for the price of one, Victoria <laughs> Fraser is here.
0: I do do a lot. It's funny, my clients always like, "Oh, can you do this? Can you do this too?" And there's a couple times where I'm like, "Okay, you know, what? I really don't like transcribing. I already do all this other stuff. Maybe go find someone else or like a computer to do it because I'm I'm good."
1: <laughs> oh, anyway, yeah. it, I tried to manually transcribe some YouTube videos a while back, and that that takes ages. And I don't think it's really worth that worth doing.
0: <laughs> my God, no! Please don't. Anyone who needs to know about podcast transcribing, just just go get one of those programs they're like 10 bucks a month um i think otter is one and there's others that are pretty cheap i forget the other one um there's two or three major ones that most people use um they're not that expensive they do almost they do a pretty decent job you do have to comb through it still uh just to fix certain things depending on like the quality of the audio and how well people talk you know what i mean um like not how well they talk but like how if they're just right how crisp it is their enunciation um i am terrible at talking despite liking to talk
1: <laughs> um yeah so if if someone what what was if someone's i don't know my name's dave mm-hmm. i've never created a podcast before i'm new and i want to do a podcast on teddy bears
0: hell and yeah like, dave
1: <laughs> and like how, how would you how would you sort of go out to educating them on like the software to use and like yeah. how would you take them from step one to step 10
0: to step t- i mean it is a lot of steps you're, you're right there um yeah i for just starting literally i mean it re- i first i kind of asked the person like okay what do you want to do with it because there's a lot of different goals and um it can kind of like differentiate sort of what path it would put you on Um, because some people they're like, I just want to talk about teddy bears and I don't really care if I make money and I don't really care if anyone even listens. I just want to talk about teddy bears. Like, okay, great. I'd probably say there's a couple free or cheap services, which are not ones that I prefer myself, but I know a lot of people use them, especially to get started. Um, So Anchor is a really big one. Not a big fan of them for a couple of reasons personally, but I respect that a lot of people love them and they are free. So Anchor is a good beginner one for people who um, have like that really casual aspect to it, and they just don't care about the audio quality. They just kind of want to just do a thing for fun, like the hobbyist kind of person. But if you were like, I have this thing, like I have audio drama, like a script I wrote in university, and I want to turn it into an audio show, right? Um, Like so many great audio dramas are out there. Um, and I'm gonna have actors, I'm gonna probably need a couple, I'm gonna need a bit of a production value. Then I'm like, okay, you're gonna want to do something a little bit different. Um, in that case, there's lots of other options that are like, not that much money. Like you can still do a lot, like a lot of podcasts for very cheap. Um, my first host that I did was Buzzsprout, which was great. Um, and I do send people there just because they're just so user-friendly. Their interface is great. Um, customer service, fantastic. Um, I really could rave about them all day but that's one of the beginner ones that i started with there's a lot of other ones that people use i've also used libsyn and um now i'm i'm uh from, on pinecast with the network that i am with uh with my i'm sure i'm going to be launching a, sh- a new show uh, in december so uh pinecast is, is another one that's pretty good as well i like their website and their services but yeah anyway i would basically ask what they want first because if it's a hobby thing then sure go with one of the cheap ones because with anchor that's, uh, oh, I should have clarified I mean, if we're saying they know nothing, they probably don't even know what I'm talking about, which is that these are all podcast hosts, which is what you need to have a podcast. Um, and that's essentially the website RSS feed where your, uh, your podcast is gonna be uploaded. And then from there, it goes to all the different directories, which are Apple, Spotify, Google Play, wherever. Um, that's like the first thing. And that's the, honestly the hardest thing for a lot of people. They're like, oh my God, I'm so intimidated. What do you mean? Cause it's like make a go website, making websites hard. Um, making an RSS feed, though it's very simple, scares a lot of people away. Um, You can't just, you know, it's not like just uploading something on the internet on like Facebook, it's having to do a whole thing. Um, And so that's why I would say first the host kind of decide where they want to go there because you can switch and it's not hard, but you know, I think it's just good to set yourself up in the beginning with what your plans and goals might be uh, because it just saves you time later on down the road. Cause I, we, for example, with our, our website that we did for our podcast, we switched website hosts Oh, probably like five times because we just kept having issues and it was terrible. We started with a GoDaddy and then we were with, ah man, we were with so many and they were terrible um, before we finally settled on. I do remember what we chose in the end because I didn't really do it. Um, But yeah, so starting with the host, find out what your goals are before you kind of just dive in because like, I don't know, like there's a lot of different ways to start and I think that's why it's confusing um, for a lot of people and that kind of stops them from making that first step. Um, As for programs, with anchor, I think you can edit it on the app on your phone itself, because you record with your phone, which again, not great equipment, but if you're a hobbyist, it's fine. <laughs> um yeah, well I, don't know what I was gonna say next. Um oh yeah, and then if you're not a hobbyist, sorry, if you're still a hobbyist, but you have a microphone or your your computer mic, um, then I would go with Audacity, which is free. It's not technically a DAW because it rewrites your files, but it is free or GarageBand if you're on Mac. Also, I think it comes with so access, basically free. Those are two great beginning ones, and then as you get better, you can upgrade your software later on.
1: I use Adobe Premiere Pro. Is that okay?
0: That's probably fine. I don't. I don't know that one.
1: <laughs> um, what? So, what? What's? What have been some? So, with you helping people, effectively, you sort of help people's brands, if effectively, your brand producer.
0: Yeah. Yeah, kind of. I i help in whatever capacity that they're sort of looking for. So, if someone's just starting, then I will set up the podcast host and I will do the audio editing. Um, I tend to also do the descriptions, but it kind of depends on the person. Like sometimes they want to do it themselves and they don't like the show notes, I mean, um, but sometimes they don't. So, it depends on the person. Um, and, yeah, I don't know I do I definitely do a lot of the pre-launching stuff. I end up being being brought onto shows where they're just starting out um, with, with stuff. Uh, but I've um, ever worked on any I've worked on a couple that were already kind of going on and I was they were looking for someone to do the show notes. like they already did the audio editing and everything themselves. Um, so I just did the writing. but but yeah, um, yeah, it kind of depends on what people need because I've also done just like the audiograms for people if you know like the little video things. Um, those are fun and with the podcast that i first ran and like did I, we did everything like we did booking people um like a lot happens with the podcast like more than people realize like booking people managing the social media um editing i was the editor she's now obviously on, on everything which is great i'm so proud of her uh, she's come so far <laughs> but yeah um yeah yeah i forget the question now <laughs> how
1: so no it's fun, it's cool you it's what, what How long did it take for you to go on the journey of like growing your podcast to where it's at now?
0: Um, so our podcast we started two years ago, and like not quite just under two years. but um I actually, I guess it's just exactly how I first got into podcasting. That's maybe what what you'd like to know, right? <laughs> um, I I did a degree in creative writing at UBC. So that's the university in like British Columbia in Canada, where I am. Um, and I just did one class in my, in, in my whole program, the very end, I was like, you know what, there's room in this podcasting radio show class. I'm just going to take it because it fits with my schedule. I had no idea what I was going to get to. Um, and I didn't even, I had never even listened to a podcast really. I like thought I would hate them because I hated, um, what's it called? Like uh, my ex at the time, well, X now, partner at the time. He loves sports radio and I hate sports radio so much. I don't know why people listen to it, but I yeah. So I thought, okay, people talking, that sounds horrible, No, thank you. So I literally had never listened to a podcast. I signed up for this podcasting, like writing class uh, and like a little bit of production. And I had to like listen to a show and he's like, all right guys, cause like you all like podcasts, right? Thanks for signing up my class. What's your favorite show? And I'm like, uh, and I knew one, I knew about one podcast that was super random that like a friend of a friend had made and I listened to it and it was really weird um great show it's very strange but he's like a weird poet person so that's why it's a weird show um and I had listened to that before the class and I didn't really get it either because it was also just a very strange podcast to listen to for like my first one so I go to the class I'm like it's an interesting show like i kind of like bullshit my way to like ex- trying to explain it because i also just don't want really know what podcasts are and the professor was like can you explain that and i was like uh i don't even remember i used some word that was kind of vague i guess and i could not really explain it because i was like listen it's just weird um but but yeah so at, 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 in that class and after that class i have now listened to many podcasts um like he got us started started on serial which is a great it's like one of the first podcasts to go viral it's like a um journalism kind of one about true crime um and i got really into spirits which is one about like myths and legends and i kind of discovered the different types and topics that i love so i really like history podcasts or like science podcasts um because like a lot of them can go very in-depth anyway that's how i got into podcasts um was by accident essentially university in my creative writing degree um decided to make one like half a year after that class finally like i had made some of the class but i made like a consistent one uh with a friend who again i kind of bumped into her on the street for the first time in like years um we went for coffee realized we both love listening to podcasts um and then wanted to start our own so it's not like a direct thing right away it's definitely kind of a accidental stumbling um in, into it i forget what, yeah okay that's what i'm saying was there another question there i just got a, i just got sidetracked i do that i'm sorry <laughs>
1: so, With it, we spoke about your journey into podcasting but what what but how did it grow how did it Oh, how did I grow to- it okay
0: right that was I was like this was the first part I forget what the other thing was got it right so with the podcasting and growing it I know everyone always wants to know how to grow their listeners and that's like the the repeated thing over and over um uh, I really think it's not it's like okay podcasting is a long-term thing it is not something that you could just do instantly. And like, there's a couple of success stories um, that are, are sort of out there that you hear about for sure. Um, I think like trying to think of one, what was a show? Like My Favorite Murder is a show that I think it picked up pretty quickly because it was sort of a really unique um, niche thing. Like it had combined true crime and comedy, which was essentially two different niches into like one new niche. Um, and it just, got super big i think fairly quickly um and there's a couple other shows that have done that but but generally if you're not doing something like super groundbreaking i I don't think it's gonna go super fast for you (laughs) this is how it goes like so i i I have a whole article on this that i've written as well about like what you should know before you go into podcasting which is that again it's not a quick thing for in most cases um joe rogan huge podcast not personally listen to him, uh, but his name is dropped all the time because I think he has like the most listeners or something. Um, and he he was like a TV show host before that and like a worked in radio or something. Like he did a whole bunch of stuff in his career before he came into podcasting. So he kind of brought that life experience and that audience into his, his podcasting career. So that's why he is so successful. Um, so like if you're not already have an audience and you're like kind yeah. of celebrity and you're not a very unique thing, it's just not going to be a fast thing. Um, so... Uh, i would just like take that mindset of like it's really a slow and steady thing and if you pick a really good niche and you pick a really good topic then sure it could pick up but i think just that expectation makes people feel very discouraged along the way um and like i didn't have that expectation and i think that's kind of why we did so well because we promoted it to our friends because we genuinely liked it we made something that we were proud of and we promoted it on social media we made a lot of connections um and, and so like, if you're going to go more the organic route, which is what we kind of did, I would say like, start with just making a show. Cause you want to make a show and make it good, you know, make it something you're proud of, like, listen to it. And if you're kind of like, I kind of sound like this is kind of like, listen to some good podcasts and then listen to yours. and then see what you can, if there are any differences that you're kind of noticing, like, oh, you know, mine kind of, the audio is not great, or I'm stumbling a lot and I should cut that out. Like, you know, you, you could tell but it's not great. <laughs> so kind of trust your instincts there and in making it good. Right um and organically growing it through so many different channels there are so many like groups of people out there who just love to share with each other and i found lots of podcasts through networking online on social media um and that was i think what one of the other ways that we did it um we also had a show where we interviewed people so our guests would promote the show to their group of friends and their network so i think if you have a show that brings on people other than your own personal like bubble then you're also going to get more exposure there right so i think organically just like taking it slowly and just doing what you can to just share it to people and making something you're proud of is the best way to kind mm-hmm. of keep growing. And you never know one year you can, you can end up actually getting, I think in, in the first year we did get like, uh, with less than the first. it was like totally like six months or something. We hit 2000 downloads, which I was like shocked. I was like, Holy shit. People are actually listening to this. Um, I can't remember how long it took, but excuse me. Um, yeah. but yeah, so, um, as for like more specific details on that, I would say Twitter is a really good resource. Um, Twitter, I had, I was never into Twitter. Uh, Now I am, but like I I resisted for so long. (laughs) It was not a social media site that I just thought I needed, Uh, but a lot of networks and communities on there. So podcasting, I think that's actually how we got invited to the podcast network we're on, was I had followed one of the hosts of a different show that was in Vancouver, and they followed me back and were like, oh, your show's great do you want to come on my show and i'll interview you and then later on they, they invited us to join their podcast network uh, or like co-op it's kind of like a group of, of us um and oh. yeah that, that was like super awesome because i just got that organically through twitter by liking and, and interacting with other people in the community
1: oh so it's called so the podcast networks work a bit like MC Lens in youtube
0: I don't know what that is. Unfortunately, I'm not oh. familiar with YouTube.
1: <laughs> so, if YouTube, they have a thing where if you're a real big creator, they have these big marketing agencies which help promote your stuff, but they get a cut of the amount of views, and yeah, you know, what you make, they get a cut out of it. But they um, manage you and they help right. make what you do easier. Right.
0: Yeah, that's probably the case for some of the really big networks um we're a pretty small one so we're just most like it's all local vancouver shows i think there's only six to eight shows on it uh they'll probably be ten by the end of the year um which is great it's slowly, slowly building um yeah i'm not familiar with how the big big ones work but i i would imagine if you have we're on like one of the really big networks that's probably similar to like that kind of process where you have more resources to help you and they probably also like share and promote it i know with ours we do promote it with each other like we do um stingers at the end so like you revolve kind of through the different shows in the network. So they get like essentially a free ad to the other, to each other. Right. Um So it's definitely like, it's like a supportive kind of group of people helping each other out. That's our network anyways, which is why i like, maybe that's not the right term, but like we, eh, it's a network. I'm going to say it's a network.
1: <laughs> How does the network help you, on to just be like a lone wolf podcaster?
0: Um For us, it was actually great because for like a lot of things, because we, we had to decide to like whether we wanted to join with them initially, because they Had a few different joining options, which was just kind of casually joining or like joining, and then I think similar to what you said, where they might um, take a cut. Um, and we joined in like a sort of just like we're affiliated or like loose, we're like related to them, but not heavily involved. Um, and they, um, there's a lot of perks to joining them. They, I mean, the going on other shows with each other, so getting more exposure, um, getting more tips and advice from other podcasters, because like. That's the thing with everything. I've learned so much from just asking people, like, "Hey, what do you do to edit?" And they're like, "Oh, I do this." I'm like, "Oh my gosh, what? That's so smart!" And then, because like you know, finding these things out for yourself takes a lot longer. There's a lot of knowledge out there. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So like getting a mentor and getting like other people to kind of learn from, Um, and then also like if you're a network um, with us, I think we have a network uh, account essentially on um and i don't know if it's available for everyone i I think maybe they just got a really good deal because they were with them for like early on uh but they're with pinecast and they're like a network package so we have a good deal so every single show is together paying one price for our subscription um instead of individually paying it so i think it's like four or five bucks a month for our podcast compared to like ten dollars on like just if we were alone or something
1: oh yeah i i I pay about 30 pound a month with my
0: whoa yikes (laughs) (laughs) yikes <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's quite a lot i, I use a cast
0: yeah i don't know that one there's so many and there's so many all the time it depends also on the package you want like i always I, i've never done a show more than like bi-weekly um or like monthly so like in that case you don't need that m- many hours and so like I, I usually go for the cheap descriptions
1: <laughs> I, so one of the things is i i used to do at the start of lockdown i'd do an episode every week
0: mm-hmm. but
1: now I'm starting up it to twice a week.
0: Oh boy, that's nice.
1: And then I'm gonna get set up on YouTube where I do like a couple of clips, and then I do the podcast as well. But yeah. A, I nice. used to I used to do the video versions of it as well, but that Bot took casting. too much effort. So no, I just I'm, sure. I'm I'm just doing the image and the sound with it because that that's just too much work. I don't have an editor, so it's just gonna take too long.
0: Yeah, video editing and all that—I'd like loosely aware of. I have had people be like, "Hey, can you do videos as well?" And I'm like, "Please!" I only have so many skills, um, and so I actually, at one point, probably will inevitably have to learn that just just for myself and for knowledge, and if, like at least at, like a low level of of it. Um, but yeah, there's like a lot when you start taking on like a lot of that, and like it can add, add up the amount of time, like the editing, the recording. trying to get people on and then you want to promote it on social media and in in facebook groups or on like a discord server um because again there's so many different communities that you can try and and join um um yeah no, it's it takes a lot of time and like actually making the content people don't realize all the work that goes into it and you can you can make it less work uh, for yourself if you like know the right tricks um or if you just have um setups that are you know you're more casual about it you're not going to go in and edit aggressively um like i do Sometimes. (laughs) Sometimes, <laughs> but um, but yeah, it, it kind of depends. Um, I think uh, one way to at least reduce that uh, one thing that I see a lot of beginners do um, uh, is they just don't record with a good audio, good enough audio quality. And so I really encourage people. and like, get a microphone or like set yourself up in a room that you're not too echoey and all that stuff. Because like everyone thinks you can fix it in the post production, like after it's recorded but you really can't there's a lot of things you cannot fix um you could try but it would just be you would go crazy trying to fix like bad audio um so i always just try and and tell people like save yourself editing time by recording a good piece of audio the first time
1: (laughs) how am i doing so far (laughs)
0: lovely
1: (laughs) I, I, i use i use the yeti blackout is that a good fit
0: yeah, I've heard good things from the Yetis. I like I have a Samsung Q2U, which I normally record with. This is something else. I actually don't know what this is. I got it and I liked it because it was red. Um, but it sounds okay.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I, I had a weird thing with the Yeti blackout. There was it was actually working okay. There was like a technical issue with the Mac, which I sorted out. And I um, asked them for some help. They gave me some suggestions. It didn't work, and then they sent me another free one. but actually there was not actually wasn't actually a problem with it it's just that they didn't give me good advice and i had to fix it myself so i've got (laughs) two of them now i've got a (laughs) silver one here i thought i would take the new one because i like the color silver
0: perfect honestly i love when that happens when you're like um this is not working and they just send you another one you're like okay and then you're like, wait, this was just me. I was the problem. Like, yeah, I've done customer service jobs, so like all the time, people are like, it's not working. There's something wrong. And then it ends up being something so obvious. But then you end up sending them another one anyway, just because they're so mad at you. Um, and then they call back and they're like, yeah, you were right. I figured it out. Sorry. Now I have two. And I'm like, keep it. We don't care.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's funny when they're like that. Like with Amazon as well. You say that to them, and they just, oh, I can't be bothered. Take it.
0: Right. Yeah. Oh yeah. I had, I actually had some, ordered something from Amazon, like a computer mouse. And then, um, it just didn't, it didn't even come. And, um, and so I let them know, like the package was just open and it obviously fell out on the way and then they gave me a refund. They didn't ask for a picture or anything, which I mean, how can you take a picture of something that didn't come, but still they had, asked for no evidence. They were just like, yep, here's a refund. I was like, I could have just lied. And they would have just given me a refund. i was like, Oh my God, people probably do that. I'm sure like you can't get away with it that many times, but I was like, huh, weird. It was very easy. <laughs>
1: one thing I want to ask you, because I've got uh, let, let, I want to use me as a case study for like when you're okay. like, so I want to ask you, what, what is your sort of so when, when you interview someone, you want to help them out, you ask where they are, right? And so in my situation, I've got near I've been doing it since lockdown and I'm near 500 listens. Mm. But I'm, I'm getting a, I'm sort of, it's upping to maybe two or three listens a day. Yeah. What, what should I go and do? So the podcast is basically faced on as I posted on Facebook. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, that's people, how I
0: found you. So there you go. <laughs> you, got, you got me.
1: <laughs> yes, I got you. <laughs> and yeah, I've got some interesting guests as well for it as well. Uh, got Andre Sinau, who's a Armored Combat League man, and oh. he's on T- Night Fight uh, History Channel. That was interesting. Um, yeah, it's yeah. What well, I, I, I'm probably going to be doing the podcast forever because I enjoy doing <laughs> it. Like just just talking to people that are, that are interesting. You and I want to talk to a lot of people from different re, like industries as well. Because mm-hmm. I find if I talk to too many people from a certain industry, I'm going to rehash a lot of the same things. And yeah. then when I'm talking them, I get a bit bored, and I think it'll mm-hmm. come across.
0: Oh yeah that's definitely definitely important. I think um yeah with that you want to with with like a niche or your topic that you're going to be talking about you want to make sure it's either something that you're just going to go so in depth towards right uh, that you have a lot of content that's refreshing and different or you want to kind of have that like there's like the broader approach as well where you kind of do a lot of different things every time um and I think it's good to like actually I think we're talking about branding at one point it's good to like try and find um sort of what at least you're main premise is of a thing so ours we had that difficulty with our show which we're like what are we calling ourselves like what is this topic because we were kind of like similar to you we we're like we just want to interview cool people and talk about cool stuff for like how do we make that that's not a good tagline interview cool people talks about cool stuff that's terrible no he's like they might listen probably not <laughs> and so we we ended up realizing okay well we want people to learn things from it so it to be like an educational show and then we want it to be Humorous and funny because we're humorous and funny, and we we know we like like making that kind of stuff more accessible. I think humor makes so many things more accessible. Um, so we're like, oh, there we go, educational comedy. So that's kind of the the pitch that I would tell everyone, like thirty second pitch, right? Um, I think there's a word in in film and movies uh, for when you're making a movie, like what is the one sentence like log log line? I think it's a log line. Which podcasts you could use the same terminology? Um, what's the log line? So figuring that out with your show, I think super important to give yourself like a kind of a guide and like um, a plan essentially because then you can kind of like okay coming back to it this is what we're trying to do every time sort of um, and even if that is a broad log line at least you're starting there until you maybe over time figure it out and narrow it down um and and yeah so um i think there's a lot of ways you can still take a broad sort of show with lots of different things and make it specific um for example there's a show called time for your hobby super great um alex is awesome and i follow my twitter all the time and he does like great show notes and great just like his like everything, his equipment, oh, man, he's awesome. and he's just a nice person. But he his show's called Time for your hobby. So he just interviews people about their hobbies. and that's it. That's like super broad, but he's narrowed it into like a specific focus and with a good title, right. Um, and so yours may be like something about like the global like interviews around the world something like that going around like that kind of uh, a topic or something. So kind of like finding a way like what what how can I pitch this in? one clear sentence that will be covering pretty much everything so people know what they're getting into when they're listening to it because like you have to think also this is like a writing thing this is a um, a marketing thing this is so many backgrounds that i've had you have to think not from your own brain but from like other people's brain you know why is someone going to listen to you and like why do they want to read your content or listen to it what are they, they going to get out of it um because that's the perspective you need to take because as much as we want it to always be about ourselves, it's not. <laughs> Everything has to have a benefit to the person consuming it or else they're not going to want to consume it. Oh,
1: oh yes. Well, the, the two, one of the two, the two reasons for the podcast is I want to learn a lot as well. Like with comedy and with a lot of things I'm doing, I haven't made it where it's my full-time job. So yeah. I thought I'll kill two birds with one stone. I want to learn how to do that. And yeah. then I can, I can help other people who want to achieve the same thing. talking to people who have made what they love their full-time job
0: totally i think that's a really awesome goal and i think that like learning something yourself and then sharing that process and that that journey with other people is something that a lot of people can relate to and they'll want to experience along with you um and i think it's also just very humble to admit that we don't know everything and like i I don't know, people see from the outside, like they think I've got all my shit together. Um, we all face imposter, imposter syndrome. Like I do make like my money online writing. Um, I like most of it. I have actually this month I'm doing, it'll be my most successful month, but um, you know, a- and also editing obviously because I do that. Um, but I also still like, I work a couple odd jobs, odd jobs here and there to like m- supplement my income just, and I'm, I have some savings that I'm living off of. So I have like kind of multiple income streams kind of covering myself, um, but I am still doing what I like to do. Um, and I think the, um, uh, you know, you just like, zone halfway through a sentence and then you're like, where was I going? I had a thought, I don't know. I haven't had enough coffee today. I'm still working on it. (laughs) Um, but yeah, no, um, I think, yeah, I think I was just saying basically, um, everyone is learning and I think admitting that you don't know everything is, uh, it's also kind of like for other people and they're like wow wait you don't you don't feel like you know this but you seem like you do to me so then i wow okay everyone gets that it's just kind of like it's another relatable thing that i think a lot of people can understand um and sort of like get behind right um so yeah, yeah no teaching yourself and is that teaching others is also the best way to teach yourself right
1: yeah it's but one of the thing i find quite funny when people say find your niche or whatever but you know i don't think you find that until you go out and do it enough and also, like, you should yeah. listen, to your, like, listen to your audience or whatever. I haven't really got an audience yet, so I don't know what what, what to do yet. You can't say, but like, I'm, I'm just enjoying doing it at the moment, having a bit yeah. of fun. And whoever comes on a podcast, I'll try and promote them as much as I can. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, I just want to learn. And whoever wants to listen, wants to learn. That's it at the moment.
0: There you go. And that's, like, that's how it starts. I think a lot of people, the biggest thing for any sort of creative endeavor like this is is just get started. And even if you're doing a shitty job in the beginning, you're still doing it. You're still further ahead than you were yesterday. Once you're actually starting, you're you're starting it. And like, you're not gonna be great at anything. You have to just fucking just do it. You know what I mean? I don't know. Like I think people are so afraid of being shitty at things that stops them from getting going. Like I'm, I'm also guilty of this. Like I love to do way too much research before I do something and like feel prepared um, and honestly like getting into the freelancing i was not prepared at first and i only did it because well, not only did it i did it because i had a roommate who was like yo you write you write really well just go right on the internet you'll make money and i was like mm, i don't think that's a real thing she's like no it is and then it was um <laughs> but yeah. yeah
1: so one one thing that i'm gonna look at yeah it's it's yeah it's quite a funny thing with a lot of things that are going on at the moment like the advice that you get on a lot of forums for like social media all these things is they say a lot of bland things I mean they are correct but it's sometimes the advice you get online they try and p- paint it as the be or an end or of getting you to where you want to go when it should be just like just they should specify these are general tips and ideas oh, that yeah. you should try not that it's going to change like guaranteed but then again, yeah. they want people to, to read it and to look at it, so they feed yeah. bullshit. That's
0: true. I really, I am a fan of specific and practical advice for everything. And the articles that I write, I also do blogging on Medium um, as like a portfolio thing for clients and just for myself, because Medium pays me a little bit if I write really well, which apparently I do, thank God. Um, but, but yeah, I always, I'm like, okay, get to the point, like be specific with everything, like be practical and like, don't like... <sighs> I'm so sick of this like paywall stuff on the internet of like everything's hidden away and like no, and knowledge should be free and it should be accessible. That's why we have libraries. That's why we have schools. Like um and I'm a, I just really think everything everything that's what the internet was so great at the beginning because everything was free and everything was like anyone could post anything and share anything and a lot of people they just like i love just sharing my knowledge and I, I like creep on reddit and i list like look at people's podcast posts and i give them advice on their podcast because i just like to help people and i just like to do that because i'm like bored and so <laughs> and i'm like this is fun like people want to share their knowledge we love talking about what we love to do um yeah. and so i'm a big advocate for like everything should just be like i can thankfully with medium even though they have a subscription-based model i can share a friend link so if someone wants to read my article i can still have them read it for free um which is why i kind of was like okay good because otherwise i would never get behind any of those paywalls
1: can i can i read it for free (laughs) yeah i'll
0: send you my stuff i'll send you my (laughs) articles you could you'll love my podcast articles you're the perfect person for it um but yeah i really think like i i like to give very clear specific advice because like that's just what people need and that's what we want and that's what's going to benefit someone the most is when they can like easily understand it and practically implement it right um like twitter you know just like engaging following people that you like and commenting and liking their stuff like that's literally what you need to do with it that's simple um but that's that's the clear advice i can't just say like i can say go make a twitter profile that's my advice that's not that's not going to help me because that's kind of confusing because maybe i don't know how to use twitter i don't really get it right um instead you can say well here like make audiograms and post those on twitter use like certain hashtags find another network and start following and interacting with them you know like here's tangible things you can do that will help you and again this, the, the one issue is like these things aren't like aren't like the people who are saying this is the one way to do it. I don't think there's one way to do anything. Um, and I I like so like you're talking about the niche thing. Like my niche in my creative writing that I do is I don't have one. I do so many different things. I've written for like cannabis blogs. I've written for um, outdoor gear. I've written like newsletters on anxiety because I have a degree in psychology. Um, I've done so many different things because like I'm I this is what I realized actually very recently. Um, I mean, I always kind of knew it, but I actually put words to it, um, was that I really like to do everything. You know what, the jack of all trades thing, there's actually more to that saying, which is not a jack of all trades is master of none. The full saying goes, jack of all trades, master of none is better than the master of one because it's better to do a lot of things crappily than one thing stupidly well. There are some exceptions, but overall I would say that is how I approach things. Like I, I love to just do things and learn new stuff. Um, and it has, it, if it, if it, even if it, that thing that I'm doing for a little bit doesn't help me now, it might help me later on. So I did graphic design in high school for my yearbook, and I didn't pursue that as a career, but it gave me the ability to make um, dumb little social media posts and Instagram captions for clients and for myself. So those skills can can always come up later and be helpful for you, even if they don't seem like they're useful now. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I one th- I, th- I think it's unique skills, yeah. I think that it's... What do you see with podcasts going at the moment? Because it's getting more and more competitive, especially with lockdown and everything going at the moment. Yeah. How do you see podcasts shaping out in the future? Because it is getting more and more competitive and it's going to get harder and harder.
0: Yeah, <clears throat> that is a great question. Um, I still think that there is so much room uh, in podcasting because uh, radio uh, in general actually is a very different medium from um, like, you know, we all thought radio would just die with the internet and computers and TV. Right. But it didn't. Uh, Why is that? And actually it's probably people are listening to more radio than ever. Um, And that's because you can do something while listening. You know, Um, if i listen to a podcast, I can do my laundry or I'm on the bus or I'm um, painting. I like to do it when I'm making art um, and just Actually, with friends, we'll even just like I have a couple friends who are also diehard podcast listeners, and we'll just like eat dinner and hang out while listening to a podcast. I don't know, it's kind of nice, and it doesn't hurt my eyes, so it's a great thing when I'm going to bed. I don't have to like have a blue light screen in front of me; I can just listen to something instead. So it's like another way to get your content, um, and it gives your eyes like a break. Um, So I think that there is still a lot of room there, and there's still it's still a medium that will be used for by us forever i don't think a podcast and radio are ever gonna go away um and really radio is just transitioned into podcasting uh which makes sense that's how you know movies and television transit transition transitioned into streaming and like netflix um that's just kind of it's just we just readapted our need into a new technology um and and so i think there's still a lot of growth there um talking about like the numbers i not re like recently being like in the last year or so i remember hearing uh, i think apple officially said there was like a million podcast podcasts on their platform um and a million podcasts sounds like a lot but then yeah. when you actually look at how many youtube channels are there's like a- way more youtube channels than that i can't even remember yeah. like 800, 800 million a billion i don't know there's like a problem not a billion but it's like a ton of youtube channels and podcasts isn't anywhere near that yet and even youtube still has room for growth and there's still topics and niches that aren't on there um like um, I used to work in a customer service shop selling faucets and door hardware, and people would call us, being like, "How do I fix my faucet? Like, how do I do this?" And I had to basically be like, "I'm going to guide you over the phone instead of through a video, because unfortunately, they were silly and they did not have videos." But um, but like easily, that that company could have made a YouTube channel with those videos for people, and they would have loved it. So like, there's tons of 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 opportunities still. I think it's just you need to be creative and just find it. And like like, what are you looking for that you can't find on the internet? You can't find it, then make it. Um, Love. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I mean, good luck.
1: (laughs) No. Uh,
0: It's there. It's out there.
1: (laughs) That sounds like a nursery story. (laughs) There you go. No. But but you covered a lot there. And I want to, one thing that I would like to tackle is so the, just in the straight, question straightforward simple sentences what are your main professions that you make your living up from so is helping podcasters being a mm. podcaster and, yeah. and and I hear you're a comic book artist as well
0: <laughs> yeah you probably stuck my website a little bit um I have done so many things uh, I just have the, the art and the paging of the comics is another thing I, I studied in creative writing at UBC um and I I took that class also on a whim because I just like drawing, and then I was like, "Wow, comics are great!" And I love graphic novels. There's so many great artists that I follow um, that just make me laugh. Uh, Webtoons, webcomics. I'd love to do like a little slice of life diary comic, but I haven't. That's one of many like plans and no. dreams that I have. <laughs> I know there's so many of them. That's also competitive. I'm like, yeah, whatever. Um, so yeah, I I don't make money on that really. I have sold my zines and small things at local festivals, but I haven't like turned that into a career so much. That one's much more of a hobby. Um, but yeah, my income. <laughs> you're curious. I've read so much with like entrepreneurs and business people now, and it's like you know multiple income streams, and like it's kind of true. <laughs> so I, I make um, a little bit of money blogging on Medium which is a platform where anyone can sign up um, to join. I think you can write and join for free, but I pay five bucks a month for it because I think it's worth it. And it's a really great uh, platform with so many great writers. If you sign up and write on it and send it to me, I will happily read your stuff, but not you, but anyone listening, just, it's great. I love Medium. Um, They pay you based on like people on the platform reading your stuff and liking and clapping for it. Um, So if you write well and you like build up again, networking communities, then you can sort of get a following on that. Um, so yeah, Medium, I make money blogging, <clears throat> freelancing. I started out on Upwork and I got uh, a a couple podcast editing and writing clients like that I work with on there. Like I've got, done a couple of one-off gigs, but I also just have like a steady, you know, this many hours a week. I do certain things for them or every once in a while, they just like, send me an email like, hey, can you write this by this time? I'm like, no problem. Um, so I start on Upwork for my freelancing and I have a couple clients off Upwork just through word of mouth and through friends and stuff like that. Um, what's the other thing. And then I work uh, in the film industry. So I do um, on a film set PA work, so production assistant, which is just a very easy job. <laughs> and it pays pretty well long days. So usually when I'm on a film set, I don't get I can like send an email or something on my phone to clients, but I don't get a lot of writing work done on those days, um, depending how busy it is. Um, so that's kind of like my third income. That's just like my kind of a day job. But I honestly I make like equal mo- well not equal, almost equal money doing both that freelancing and the film stuff Um, and then actually the freelancing I'm starting to pick up so that it's probably going to surpass it and I probably won't be doing the film set stuff anymore Uh, but those are like a couple of the different like income streams that I have Um, I think that's it yeah it's just those yeah but my my, yeah my clients off of work my clients on up work my blogging um, and my film stuff so that's how I make my money in a living
1: (laughs) oh and what is so you just stumbled across all of them you said your journeys which do you prefer more no i'm joking i'm not gonna ask that <laughs> Um <laughs> what what so you yeah you don't regret anything everything happens for a reason and you can learn oh from God. all of it so Absolutely. what are the key things that have changed your life from podcasting and being a writer
0: things that changed my life before I got into this or
1: how have they changed your life like w- before were you a bodybuilder like miss miss Olympia or were you oh, like, you just wanted, like my, my,
0: my other backstory like what I did before all this um <laughs> no. honestly I or how, well
1: I mean like how did it change you how, how have they changed you from what you were
0: right okay so how the current job changed from what was before Um, So before I used to be a bartender and customer service, nine to five office job um, and art teacher, (laughs) a lot of different things. I just kind of, you know, after university, you kind of jump around a little bit, figuring out what you want to do with the career. Um, And I never really felt like those were the right path for me. I mean, I wanted them to be, I was also a 911 operator briefly. um, And that also, I was like, I want this to be the right thing. And then none of them really were, Um, but with writing and podcasting, um, these are actually actually the thing that I wanted to do forever like I was a kid and I loved writing I was like five years old and for some reason the principal at my very very small elementary school granted um the principal like pulled me out of class or my teacher did and they like read my story and they're like she's a good writer and they told me to keep writing and like I don't know I was literally five I can't honestly it makes no sense it was a short story about it. I don't know why they did that it was really weird <laughs> but um I like can't remember the rest of the memory very well but um, yeah, so I've been like loving writing forever um, when I went to university. I didn't really know what to pick at, on at first and I knew writing was one of them. So I did creative writing at least and then I also double majored in psychology um, and uh, as for the podcasting I always loved listening to music and listening to the radio and like the radio show hosts when I was a kid I was always like they're so fun and entertaining I would love to be a radio show host I would love to host anything um that would be so fun right what a dream job um and so that's actually something I also kind of always wanted to do since I was a little kid um but I never you know it's like those kinds of careers or those career paths aren't something that people really push I think young people yeah. towards which yeah, is they tragic don't. because like there's tons of ways to get involved even if you're not show host on the radio show you can still be in the background doing the audio editing or even just you know start being the coffee bitch (laughs) can i swear sorry start being the coffee person (laughs) and then work your way up right
1: i don't know of course yeah 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 that's 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 how it is you read coffee then you become the the one that calls the name out and then you you tell everyone (laughs) what to do no
0: that's exactly how it goes i mean sometimes but yeah i mean like finding another way into an industry and maybe even just slightly around it i think we get kind of lost in the ways of like, this has to be exactly it. So the writing, for example, I used to think I couldn't, could never be a paid writer. Like who's gonna pay me to write anything? Um, and for sure, poetry and books, novels, it's hard to get that into a career. Um, it's Possible still, very hard, um, much more competitive, but like writing for the internet on someone's blog and writing a story about them, writing um, articles that share information. Cause again, I love learning and teaching others there's a lot more, uh, there than there is writing poetry. Right. Um, and so I think if, even if you can't do it the way you want to do it, you can find another way to sort of do it, you know, <laughs> like a periphery kind of career in a thing that you still love to do. So like, I still love writing, even if it's writing, um, you know, a really boring how to thing, or, uh, I don't know. I'm, I, I can't even say that they're boring. Cause I literally just love writing, but I find everything entertaining and I also love to make something entertaining even when it seems boring. Um, so, so yeah that's kind of how i changed my perspective on it
1: okay so in 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 two words how have they changed you
0: ah you have so many words you're so cruel two words how they changed me um they would say just like i mean like perspective um perspective setting sort of like and that's so- my perspective <laughs>
1: so they made you yeah i have they made you more grateful and more sort of look you yeah, they've made you ah okay so it's made you a lot happier and more oh, fulfilled yeah. in life that's oh, what it's sure. giving you
0: yeah that was one of the things for sure yeah you're right i've just always been a happy person <laughs> so yeah yes. i guess that's true i'm definitely happier now for sure career-wise i'm happier uh, yeah it made me happy i think it also just yeah it's kind of changed the way I sort of approached my career as, instead of just something I make money at, something I could enjoy.
1: Okay. And what, Yeah, so let's talk about your sort of, I'm sounding like I'm doing a life story here if I'm gonna ask you this question, but it, okay. I, I, I wanna ask you this question and I want you to do like a very short summary as if okay. it's like a synopsis paragraph of a certain point. Okay. What? Right. <laughs> I'm sounding like a lawyer. No. <laughs> uh, how how has your childhood shaped you into who you are?
0: Mm. Going a little Freudian. All right. <laughs> um, my childhood. You know. Um, I moved around a lot, so I think I had a lot of different experiences Um, and because I sort of had a diverse upbringing and like moving in different places and lots of different friends um, with different interests themselves, that kind of fostered my own different interests. Um, And I went through like a lot of change, which I think has just made me like able to adapt in new situations um, and not afraid of diving into something totally new and unexperienced before
1: so those changes did you travel a lot did you what, what 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 happened
0: um we just moved a lot like i didn't i still stayed in canada but we just kind of moved around into different houses and i had lots of different friends i went to like different elementary schools um so i had like um sort of a bit of a it's not like it was rough by any means like we had a lot of fun um i had a single mom who did a great job to be honest i think i turned out pretty darn good um but um we we just kind of moved and i had to sort of Um, figure out, you know, new social circles and new friendships uh, more often than a lot of people. And so I had, I think, less stability in my childhood, uh, which, you know, some people might think is a bad thing, but I've turned that into a good thing. Um, And I'm really grateful for that.
1: Do you travel a lot now but from from what you say here it sounds that like you settled in the certain place and that you do a lot of your stuff in one place now or are you still sort of traveling in like uh
0: no i still i still move <laughs> i still move too often um but i mean i kind of did with my during my degree i stayed in one spot for like four years um but uh now i'm moving again actually still all in canada still within vancouver um but um, but yeah, I think, I mean, sure, Canada, I'm definitely, like, I'm Canadian, so I'm pretty fairly settled here, but um, I I do travel, and I like to go and visit new places and new cultures, because um, I just, I, one of my other, like, things that I love is just, like, anthropology, and, like, just humanity as a whole it's so interesting, um, and so I've, I have done a lot of traveling outside of North America, so I've done a couple trips to Europe, uh, Cuba, the coast down, like, the U.S. and stuff, um, I think that's mostly, and, like, a little bit of... Whoa not 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 technically Asia but I was technically in Asia in like Istanbul because there's like the little point it's kind of between Asia and Europe technically or something so I was briefly in Asia but that was the only one time I would like to do more traveling to Japan and like China and other places Uh, like that
1: there's a lot of story that I'd like to unearth here (laughs) so if there are three countries that impacted you most in terms and like what lessons did you learn from them that changed your life Mm. and how would you say that in sort of short sentences to inspire and invigorate people listening on the podcast
0: oh my goodness okay three countries um or five five that's that's even more (laughs) 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 no no i mean three is still plenty um i need a lesson in each one my goodness Um, Okay, let me think. Uh, So I'll just start with one of the first countries that I went to that was like a really um, exciting experience, Uh, not the US, (laughs) just kidding. That was the first country I ever left obviously Canada to go to US, US, but that's not the one that was most impactful. Um, uh, I went to uh, Europe when I was, I want to say like 19 or 20 um, for like a month long, you know, Europe vacation type thing. Um, and I went to a a number of different countries while I was there. The first one was was Turkey, um, and I really loved Turkey. I thought the people there There were so friendly. Um, I started, I think we started in Istanbul, and then I kind of did like Ephesus, like Bodrum, and a couple other uh, cities while I was there, Um, and the people were just so, so warm and friendly. Um, I had like a Turkish massage, which was fantastic, and the woman serenaded me in Turkish, and like it was, her voice was the most beautiful thing I'd ever heard, Um, and I learned a bit of Turkish while I was there, and um, and they were just like, man, they were some of the happiest people, I swear. So I like, I have, and I had a couple Turkish friends as well, and um, I really thought that they, they just, I mean, don't get me wrong, Turkish Turkish carpet salesmen are the worst. They will try to sell you a Turkish carpet like nobody's business. It is terrifying. <laughs> and I had like a little Canadian flag, so I was like running from salespeople. Um, sometimes they're like, hey, Canadian, I'm like, no, I don't want a carpet. I already bought one. Um, uh two maybe how about two we bought too many but um but yeah other than that the people are very friendly and like um i learned i would learn like speak a bit of turkish and they would be super impressed. like mm. that, that i will stop talking about turkey that's the first country um <laughs> I, I,
1: really I like it there i want to add something to it i think that could be quite funny you could oh. put them off a bit if they do that like just i've seen scrubs right and this uh-huh. is scene where he's 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 got this old man yeah and he's he asks, what are you investigating me for? Mm. And he says, I've just farted. And JD says to him, um, we're investigating whether your gas is harmful to others. <laughs> oh, boy. So I'm thinking, if someone says that to you, you could do some sort of, you could say something really awkward and weird so they don't go near you. But <laughs> like you say, oh, I, I, I'm I, sorry, I am allergic to carpets. If I go to That's... carpets, it makes um... me throw up or something. And you're going <laughs> up the it. wrong tree.
0: <laughs> Honestly, just that's act like, really
1: weird and go. Ooh. That's exactly
0: what I wanted to do. I kind of I had that same thought like years ago when I was there. I was like, oh, my gosh, next time I go to Turkey, I should have a shirt that says allergic to carpets. And then they just won't approach me and look like, what? I mean, they probably won't read it. I'd have to write it in Turkish anyway. But it would be funny um, to have a, a Turkish saying in, in on my shirt. And then just look like the whitest white person they'd be like what is wrong with you um that or something else weird like that to keep them away from me like no more carpets um turkish carpets are great but i don't need that many you need like one uh maybe, maybe two <laughs> yeah. um so yeah that, that that's turkey it was, it was it was lovely and like fresh orange juice i oh, mean also the canadian dollar there was good because they have the turkish lira so i could buy orange juice oh. for like 50 cents so i was like this is fantastic um that's just countries good that juice. have different yeah freshly squeezed orange juice every nice. day lovely um, <laughs> but I'm trying to think of another country that I should go with that are, like also impressed me. England. Um, I have never <laughs> been to England. My friend is studying in Scotland and I was going to go over there and check out um, oh. all the the UK and stuff, but I have not yet. It's on my list. Yeah. No, I'm sorry. I can't. Your country I have not been to. I have meant to a couple times, but just has not happened. I was supposed to be going to Scotland like next year or like in the coming, like sometime around now. Cause my friend's studying there and then covid <laughs> unfortunately okay. um okay let me pick another one um i'm gonna go with uh, what's the country that i could pick that is good I'm try remember the ones that i've been to before what are the last time i've been um okay i got it <clears throat> so i also went to a friend's wedding in germany because she is german and lives there um and uh, she lived in bonn And that's where the wedding was. But I did a whole trip to other countries as well while I was there. Uh, Obviously, because I'm flying to Europe, I'm going to go to more than just one country. (laughs) They're all close enough. Um, I did a little road trip. And um, I actually had gone to Amsterdam, realized Amsterdam was crazy expensive, and I could not afford to stay there. And so I spent one night in Amsterdam in the most shittiest, terrible, um, what's it called? When like everyone's in a room together.
1: Hostel. What? Hostel.
0: Hostel. Yeah. Yeah. Like a hostel. And uh, I was, it was, it was expensive. Um, and so it's like, mm, I'm good. I can't afford Amsterdam. I'm going to go back to Germany. Oh. Um, and so I, on the way back to Bonn, I'd stayed, I was supposed to be staying in Amsterdam a couple of days, but then ended up going to Dusseldorf um, in Germany. And I met like a guy at a McDonald's who was so friendly and he's like, if you ever come to dus- Dusseldorf, send me an email. I don't think I have his email anymore. It's just too bad. Uh, but Dusseldorf is really cool. It was, it's, it's like a business hub, apparently. So there's like a lot of different cultures. So it felt very similar to Canada because I remember oh. seeing like a Korean restaurant and then like an Indian restaurant and also like an Italian restaurant and German food. Oh. Um, and that really surprised me because I was like, I don't know, I just like think of, you know, when you're elsewhere, you don't always, I, um, yeah, some places I feel like in Europe can be very still. Oh uh one kind of culture and i thought dusseldorf was cool because it had like a very diverse group of cultures there um which again i later found out why um and yeah dusseldorf was super cheap i stayed in this hotel like a very small like tiny apartment kind of thing uh the woman was hilarious because (laughs) we checked in it was me and my friend and um (laughs) i like to go to hot tubs and pools because they are warm and delightful so i asked her is there a pool that i could go to in Dusseldorf to like go like you'd be traveling just want to go relax in a hot tub and she was literally like disgusted she was just like a pool you want to go to a pool and she thought it was gross and she's like Ugh, here's one but why would you go there and I was like okay strange uh, did not go to the pool but yeah Germans don't like to swim um anyway that was funny <laughs> other than that Dusseldorf is really great I think Germans are also like a very happy people and they kind of like prank you a little bit which is kind of funny like um, my my friend at the wedding her husband would always he didn't get me but he got other people he would like order a beer for them and he'd order himself like a giant like liter of beer and then he'd get the other person like a flight like four ounces um (laughs) which was hilarious I laughed every time so yeah like lots of um kind of goofs there I thought the German people were entertaining and just like so blunt and just so, so different. Like it, it definitely, yeah, it was an interesting experience. It was kind of like, not necessarily like less friendly but definitely more like goofy and kind of like, I mean, this is just my generic experience, um, but but yeah, still like, I, I overall find that people everywhere I go are still, we're all people and we all have a lot more in common than we do have in different but it's interesting to know like a tendency. Um, so I thought that the Germ- Germany, specifically Dusseldorf anyways, was like a, a super fun city and I met some very friendly people as well. Um, and, Ooh. and it definitely very blunt people, which made me laugh. <laughs> I think we could all be a little more blunt. <laughs>
1: mm. and, and what, what was, what's the final country? What was, what's, what's the most what's the roast tomato? What is the, what is the chips with ketchup moment? Country? Chips
0: and ketchup, chips and ketchup country. Uh, my own, just kidding. <laughs> we do have ketchup <laughs> chips in Canada though, and they're delicious. Mm. Um, I don't know if you know about that, but some people are like confused. I, I, I hate that I like ketchup chips, but I do, because it does sound very gross, because I don't like ketchup. Um, all right, let's pick up the third and final country, and try and think of the other places I'd be to, and like which one I would pick as another great one. <laughs> hmm, so I always like forget some places that I have been. Um, yeah, I feel like I'm going to go with Cuba, because I really, really love Cuba. Um Ooh. yeah I've been a couple times and um One time was definitely less good than the other time because my hotel had bed bugs, which was horrifying, (laughs) but I survived. (laughs) Yeah, it was real bad. Uh, And it was right actually, that was just before COVID happened. And I emailed WestJet and it was like, hey, this terrible experience happened because they have normally very good customer service. So I was expecting some sort of flight credit or something for the future or like even just a discount, like whatever. But then obviously they could not and they never responded, which is fair. Um, But other than that, anyways, Cuba, um, everyone says the Cuban food is terrible. This is just a thing that is said that is ridiculous. And um, for sure, if you're gonna try and eat like an American in Cuba, it's gonna be terrible because they don't have the same things that America has. Um, And so, you know, we have lots of like canned meat and just things that are not fresh. Uh, If you eat like a Cuban, it's delicious. Uh, You know, have plantain chips and fresh fish. I had like the best crab of my life in Cuba. Um, It was fantastic um so yeah i i really loved cuba I've gone, I've gone back a couple times just because i i loved it um, the first time i went um i thought I think similar again like the people were just very friendly and very helpful again sometimes some try to scam you that's just the nature of being tourists though <laughs> um, but i i really valued that they have Because it's, you know, very communist uh, as a country. And some people think that's a bad thing. Um, And I'm sure there's some issues. But um, they have, because like education is free to university, they have um, all their like basic needs kind of met. People can kind of pursue things in a different way. So there's a lot of artists. um, And art is like actually kind of a job that's kind of respected there. Um, So like I would meet artists and I'd be like asking them, like, do you actually make money like selling your art? Like, is this like, because like an artist here is like a starving artist, whereas like nurse there um, is... A little bit more of like um, it's not quite the same I think um, stereotypes towards that as a career path which was interesting to me and again they cannot go to university and it's all paid for um, everything is covered uh, with the government which is awesome I really think free tuition and, and university should be like a basic human right um, and that we should all be able to afford uh, be able to afford that. Um, anyways but I digress <laughs> uh, yeah Cuba a very interesting country very nice people um, and a very different sort of outlook on certain careers that I sort of haven't seen in a lot of places, uh, which was very interesting. And yeah, I always buy so much art. Like I bought an original painting from this guy for way too cheap. Um, And I think I gave him a little extra, but uh, I don't know where it is. It's somewhere. (laughs) And um, it was really, really cool. And yeah, again, really nice people, good food. If you eat properly, like the way you should, which is when you're on vacation, you should eat how the people eat in that country, personally. That's just my philosophy. <laughs> um, and then find what you like. There'll be something, you know. Um, okay. Yeah.
1: So, basically, what, what, what you liked about Cuba is you've seen the Scarface film and you were like, you've seen Tony Montana, you went, okay, you want to play games and that's what made you go to Cuba and that's what made you like it.
0: Absolutely. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no um so that's you've had quite an experience there and what have been some what, what have been some stories within like a sentence or a couple sentences that have really amazed you during your time of like helping people with podcasting mm.
0: um, in a
1: bad and good way
0: bad and good way helping people Um, I mean, yeah, and the bad way is that I get things that I can't do. People, people think I'm so good at podcasting that they think I can fix the unfixable. I wish I could, (laughs) but that's, that's the only negative on that front I could think of. Um, yeah, the good way of podcasting, um, has been helping people. Um, I just really like seeing people follow their passion and do something that they love and, um, and like get really excited about it because I think I don't know I get excited about things and I love sharing that and I love when other people have something that they also want to share and so it's really been like rewarding to help someone off their feet and like go nudge them and be like hey start this thing and then watch them kind of slowly progress as they learn a lot more about it um and and then some people don't always keep up with it I've helped a couple friends start podcasts and then doesn't continue but um Overall, I think it tends to do pretty well, not like that many. I'm still very very new with this but um but yeah i I, I really like, like learning about other people's passions and watching them grow um and do that,
1: yeah, you like a little teacher like like what's it called <laughs> but there's this scene where I was never a fan I, I watched a little bit of that glee thing, and I remember oh, yeah. this scene at the end where Mr. schuster sees um the lady on broadway okay and he's I like forget. a big happy teacher at the end because like he put all that work into helping her Aww. and then she became famous
0: that's cute yeah i get that i could see that i've, I've also yeah because i've done a lot of educational things with kids making art and also teaching kids english and reading and writing um yeah watching people progress and like improve and you know i don't know you get like little good worm fuzzies inside we're like oh i helped make that happen it's great.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, I just want to, I want to ask you two more questions before you go. Sure. Uh, what advice would you give to younger self and what is a quote you like to live the rest of your life by?
0: Mm, good questions. My younger self. Um, I would just time travel back there and I would just prank her cause I think she needs more of that. <laughs> i wouldn't give myself any advice i've done everything the way i've done it and i like how it turned out so i don't think i would change anything i would maybe just tell myself in like the dark moments of like you know i really believe that a lot of um life is um uh, sort of there's a card in t- a tarot card actually called the wheel of fortune i think it's the wheel of fortune um uh, either way whatever card it is um that's basically kind of like everything's a cycle and every time there's an up, it'll be followed by a down, and every time there's a down, it'll be followed by an up again. Like that's just everything is cyclical. Um, and you know, I I, I think that sometimes it's easy to forget that and get stuck in that negative thinking at times. But yeah, I would um, I'm a, I've been a pretty resilient person overall, and I've gone through um, all those things all right. So I think I don't need to give myself any different advice because I think I made the decisions that I made, which got me here already. Um, and yeah i always have issues with that question because i'm like eh, i don't know if i told myself something different then it doesn't work time travel it undoes everything and it's it's not the same right yeah. um but <laughs> you know the paradox of it but anyways um a quote that i live by this is a quote that i apply to everything it comes from a poet i think his name is paul valerie valerie he's french i honestly don't even know if i've read any of his poems but i saw this quote when i was a teenager and i really really like it um is is that a poem is never finished, only abandoned, and some people disagree with me on that. But I, I think that all, all of the art that I do is kind of in this like one version of it. Like, um, I really love editing, so I love changing things. I write articles and I publish them, and I go back and like, mm, I don't like this word choice, and I kind of like do subtle changes here and there. But yeah, with my poetry and um, things that I, I, that I do. Um, I, I like to do it again and I like to do it differently. Cause I think that there's so many different ways you can expand on something and so many different ways that something can exist. Um, and I don't think, I don't think anything is really mm. ever complete. Um, and I kind of, I, I apply it to my poetry, especially, but I apply that to a lot of other things in my life as well. I hope I said the quote right now. I'm not sure. Oh my God.
1: <laughs> I'm <think you> <laughs> gonna
0: Google it <laughs> anyway.
1: So One more thing I want to say to you. Um, is there anything you'd like to plug?
0: Oh, man. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, this uh, shameless advertising that, that time. Um, you know, I i am um, so bad at this. Okay. Um, my name is Victoria Fraser. So if you want to ever just know more about me, just straight up go to my website, victoriafraser.ca. That's the easiest. Um, as for anything I'm working on artistically right now, I'm between things. I will be launching a show. Um, so I did do I Like Your Dress, which I think you discussed earlier, which is a podcast that my Ho- co- you now the host of the show but I was the co-host with her before Allie she's doing and it's a great show like definitely listen to it if you like educational comedy because that's how it's pitched um, yeah it's, it's pretty fun I think she's still she's still maintaining it her. Um, I'll probably come back every once in a while and help her with it but um, and I'm going to be launching a show in December which is not ready yet called board game bitch <laughs> because I love board, board game games <laughs> 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 I I worked so hard for that title and when i was not taken by anyone i was like yes and i made i got all the social media even though i don't have anything made for it yet i like made all the accounts because i was just like i don't want anyone to take my idea in like the next month um yeah so that's going to be a podcast where i review board games and talk about board game strategies which i'm stoked for um because it's like another one of the things that i just love uh, and grew up with a lot <laughs> yeah that's pretty much it it doesn't exist yet so hopefully maybe by the time I don't know. It exists in December you can listen to it.
1: <laughs> Alright. Yes, send me a link. I want to just thank you for coming on and best of luck I think. Take care and hopefully I'll speak to you again soon.
0: Absolutely. Thanks for having me. I can't wait to check out your show and promote the fuck out of it too. <laughs> yeah,
1: let's do it. <laughs>
0: yeah. Awesome. Cool.
1: Take care. See you soon. I'll say, I'll say it in French. I'll say, uh, Abby Anto.
0: Okay. <laughs> We're sitting for <there. laughs> You can do that. It
1: has been Victoria Fraser. Hope you find her enticing as the House of Fraser and as fashionable as the House of Fraser. I've enjoyed having her on and I hope you've gained a lot from it. If you liked the episode, please leave a review on iTunes and I'll see you at the next episode.